0: There we go. One, two. Great. Are you all well? Sweet moment, eh? Isn't it exciting? And I must say, when I see all of you, you look much better in real life. That's eh? great. And to the guys across on the other side, how's it? Hope you've been able to join us and just have a wonderful tender moment. So we are pushed for time. Um, but the thing is... You know, God can work in that moment, and I just have a deep sense, and I'm trusting God to do something very special here, as well as with a group next door, um, that he will just move powerfully um, in our midst. So Father, I just pray, uh, as I prepare this word, Lord, I I just want to ask that you would do what you need to do with this word in our midst right now. Let your power reign and flow in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to ask the team up at the back if they could please put up the scriptures for us. Psalm 15. And I'm going to read this psalm, and I want you to see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working in this word as we read it together and allow the Spirit of God to speak into your life. So it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live in your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless And who does what is righteous, and who speaks the truth from his heart. And has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong, and casts no slur on his fellow man. Who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord, and who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Who lends his money without usury, and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. <laughs> That's very powerful. And so this, this afternoon, I was going to say this morning stroke afternoon, I want us to just have a quick look at a few things here. And uh, I'm going to ask the question, why is this psalm relevant for us today? And I love Dimville AM stroke PM because you guys tend to ask a lot of questions. And, uh, you know, all we've got to do is just look around us and see What is happening in the world today? And uh, we will obviously be able to see that the world standards that are being set are totally contrary to what God's word teaches. And actually the things that are happening in the world actually leaves the world in a pretty messed up state. And I'm sure many of you will, uh, will agree with that. Man is more depraved, which means morally corrupt today than ever before. He's a lover of self self-sufficient, self-dependent, and people have no sense of morals and values as to how they treat others. And if you really wanted to, you could probably add to this list that I've just highlighted here. So the psalm becomes quite powerful because David brings us back firstly to God and then to God's word, and he puts things in perspective for us. He probably, at the time that he wrote the psalm, was sitting and looking at things, and things must have been pretty messed up at that time for him to be asking these kind of questions and, and, and asking, God, what is it that you actually expect of us in a world that is so broken down? And I think as time has gone by, it's just gradually got worse. And so David asks questions of God, and I think we can see it. it's okay to ask God questions. I think some of us maybe need to do that. I think something that Russell has taught me over the three years that I've, that I've been here, there's been a lot that he's taught me, and there's a lot that I've learned from the team. But one of the things that he said is just ask a lot of questions. If I can give you some advice, ask questions. And here we see David doing it. But the thing that David does is he asks the questions, and then he proceeds to answer those questions of that which he knows of God about his character, about his nature, what he knew from God's Word. And I think maybe we could learn a couple of things. If you take what Nolan brought and some of the things that were brought earlier on, um, where, Justin, well done with the word that you brought. It was really outstanding. But maybe we could be asking questions. Lord, why is this? What is this about? And what do you expect me to do? I think we can really... um, Learn a lot and answer a lot with God's word as we delve into those things. So as I go through my quick points here, this text, what I really was hoping for us to get from it is guidelines to living a blameless life. So if you want to title this talk, it's guidelines to living a blameless life from this text, and it's going to be short, sharp, and sweet. All right. So the first thing we can take from it is put God first in everything. That's what David did. He speaks with God, and uh, he asks God questions. And one of the things that's important for David, and the lesson that he leads or that he shows us, is that he has an intimate relationship with God. And so he embraces God, and he talks to him. And, uh, and then obviously uh, we know that he answers the questions with God's word. So first thing is we seek God. Hopefully that's the first reason why you came here today. It wasn't to see your buddy, but actually to worship him. The overflow is we get to enjoy one another. The second thing is that when we look at the scripture, it says that we need to live a blameless life. And that's uh, quite interesting, because actually there is nothing that you and I can do in our own strength to try and fulfill these um, These texts here, we actually need the help of the Holy Spirit to live this life and and to actually live out these values and principles that we see before us. But it says we need to live a blameless life. Interestingly, in Genesis 17 verses 1, this is a story where God addresses Abraham. The scripture won't go up, but God addresses Abraham and he says to him, I want you to walk and be blameless. Now what does that actually mean for us? And that's a good question, Dumbbell. I love it as you ask those questions. You remember the story where God addresses um, Abraham and he says to him, you're going to be the father of many nations. You know, at some point, Abraham and Sarah, what happens with them is Sarah tries to make things happen because God was taking his time. All right. What God was actually saying to them, he says this. He says, I don't want you to make a plan To make things happen, he says, What I require from you is to be faithful and obedient. So, if you want to live a blameless life, one of the things that is helpful for us, be faithful and obedient in the things of God. The third thing is, it goes on, we need to live righteous lives. It's interesting that in the Old Testament, it was those who would present themselves as one who would honor God and order their lives around his purposes and will. That's doing the right thing. And I think for us today, what is God calling us to do is to center our lives around the things of him and surrendering to to him and serving his purpose and his will. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And God wants us to fulfill our obligations and faithfully go about this. The fourth thing that we look at from this text, and I think this is very powerful for us because it deals with our day-to-day living. I know my weaknesses. We need to watch our tongue. Isn't it amazing what, it, what he says? Um, he, he, he speaks here and he says, um, who, who has no slander on his tongue, who does not who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man. And here we can see very clearly our words are powerful. What we say about people, what we say to people, we are challenged in this area that we, in our daily journey, use our tongue wisely. Because the funny thing is, with the tongue, we praise him like we've done today. But also with the tongue... We will slander, gossip, slur, and we even tell lies. And so God wants to address us with the basics of this. And so for those of you making notes, go and read James 3 verses 1 to 12, which will help you understand the power of the tongue, because there's life and death in the power of the words that we use. But I'm going to ask if we can put up Ephesians 4 verses 25 and verses 29, please. And uh, look at what the Word says here. Therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Verses 29 goes on and it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And this is practical stuff. You know, we are in a, a world that is negative, and, and and people are constantly bombarding us and discouraging us and and man, you know what? Let's let's just do something here. Justin, you know what, I want to encourage you today. What you came up and did you in a short space of time, I just see something of a gift on your life to be able to, to, to bring something of the truth of God. I don't even know you. I, I, I don't know if we have met before, if we have, great. But we're all with masks. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what your life story is. But you know what I actually feel I need to say to you? There's more in God for you. I actually see leadership on your life. I don't even know if you've led a comm group or something like it. but maybe God wants to encourage you to position you to serve His purposes because if you can deliver in a short space of time, being faithful and obedient with what you've done there, you'll impact many people going forward. Make your life count for God. That's practical. I want to ask you today, who are you going to go and encourage after this meeting Who are you going to blow wind into the sails? Be it somebody in the body, maybe in your work environment, your areas of influence. Use the moments to speak life into people's uh, circumstances and situations. And I love what Nolan did. You know, for some of us, we need to speak life into our personal circumstances, into our finances, into our marriages, into our friendships. Use those moments. And those of you making notes, continue in Ephesians uh, 4, where you can read from verses 17 to 32. Those two verses fall within that, where it just speaks of the kind of lifestyle that God wants us to live. And it gets done under the power of the Holy Spirit. The next point is, it tells us, keep good company, or you could be negatively influenced. Let's look at at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I want to remind us, Jesus spent time with people that were broken, that were sick. The difference with Jesus was he was never influenced by those people. He stood the test of time, standing true to his values, and the call that God had in his life. He wasn't influenced by them. He influenced them. And that's what God is calling you and I to. So we need to be careful the company that we keep. Does that make sense? Next point is honor those who are lovers of God. Don't despise those who are trying to live the life, their life centered around the things of God. Rather be encouragers and supporters of them, be it leaders or fellow saints. I don't know about you. But I know sometimes you look and you go, really? Why don't you just be normal? Rather, just say, Lord, thank you that they are willing to make fools of themselves for Jesus and to push in on the things of him. And I'm going to start landing here, short, sharp, and sweet. Be men and women of your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't get caught in between. Have the conviction of what you know is right and do that which is right. If you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. Shaul, I will be taking you for your walk around the dam. All right. (laughs) Okay. And then don't rip off the body of believers or people in the community or rip off people in your areas of influence. When we are doing business and we're walking together, some of us will do business together. Some of us will, 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 will be trading. I want to encourage you today, don't don't exploit those opportunities. That's what David is addressing here. And, and make sure that when you operate in community or in industry or your areas of influence, just be reminded that if you are a Christ follower, your life is is a testimony, and how you handle things like money will determine how people will see God at the end of the day. Remember that thing of greed that was spoken about? If you're greedy, God will allow that thing to be exploited at, at some point where it will be shown for what it is, and you could cause damage to your testimony. I hope that's helpful, and I really feel as I land with this word is that God just really wanted to touch something in some people's lives here today. And maybe what he's doing is just highlighting, this is what you need to sort out. Offer fair trade. Don't exploit believers. Don't exploit people in your community or people in your areas of influence. And then lastly, those who live by these standards. This is for me like it's the promise of God that those that live by these standards will never be shaken. Why? Because you know morally and ethically what we're doing is what pleases God. And therefore, we will not be shaken. I end with these three scriptures for us to look at and see what God's word says. Acts 2, verses 25. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. God is with us. Therefore, as we go about these things, we will not be shaken. Hebrews 12, verses 28. Listen to this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. We were singing that. So worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And then lastly, 2 Peter 1, verses 10. These guys do a great job at the back. Well done to you guys. Hang in there. You can do this. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) You're right there. Well done. Thank you. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. Go back and read Psalm 15 and very simply say, God, help me to live out these values and principles. Let me use these guidelines so that I may lead a blameless life. As I close, three things we need to do today. One, we need to acknowledge our need for God to help us in this process. Okay? Two, is that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any unrealized sin In our lives, maybe right now, you realize as you look at this, you might think, you know what? I've not been obedient. I've not been faithful. Maybe I've gossiped or slandered or spoken badly of somebody. Maybe I've had a bad heart attitude to a fellow saint who actually is trying to do the right things and I've had an issue with them. That's sin. And I want to tell you something. Sin that is left unattended will cause a dryness And a decaying in you. And what does God want us to do today? Admit it. Before Him. He loves us. Admit it before Him. Repent. That means change your mind. And ask Him to forgive you. And then to help you with that. And then commit today to living according to His principles. Let's bow our heads. Right now, as you are sitting here... I want to just give you a moment before the Lord just to acknowledge your need of God. We live in a very broken world. It's challenging. And at the same time, God is asking us to live out these values, these principles, these guidelines to live blameless lives. And some of you sitting here this afternoon might be feeling I've just fallen short. And I want you to, before the Lord, to say, God, I need you. Just we are to say, God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I need your help, Lord. And if you are sitting here and you realize, I've actually fallen in some of these areas and actually it's displeased the Lord or maybe hurt other people won't you just where you are to say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my ways. I want to be moved by your word. Have mercy on me, God. And then lastly, Father, I commit myself to your purposes and your cause this week. Will you help me with this? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.